Greetings, friends. You are listening to We Own This Town Music, the podcast for showcasing new and notable tracks from Nashville and surrounding areas. I'm your host, Michael Eads, and this is volume 315. I'm going to eschew all the general introductions that I do at the top of the show, like this is brought to you by Nashville Galaxy, and this is produced by We Own This Town. You know all that already. I want to get right to the goods. We have a very, very special guest. You probably saw it in the episode title already. I am joined today by the one and only Mary Mancini. Hello. Hi, Michael. I oh, am, look at you. I'm so happy to have you here. This has been a long time coming. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, thanks to Michael Eads for the use of a studio. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The credits to your show. Uh, that's right. Crediting me. Absolutely. And that's a great transition into why you are here. Mm, mm-hmm. Why is Mary Mancini joining me today? Other than having just uh, bukus of local music knowledge. You are here to promote a huge anniversary for Lucy's Record Shop. Yes, I am. And, you know, I did, my career path did deviate a little bit. So I'm, <laughs> I had Buku's, took a little bit of a detour. I'm getting more Buku's yeah. now. And luckily, thanks to your show, because oh, good. We Own This Town is a must listen uh, for any local music aficionado. I tend to agree, but I'm very biased. <laughs> On that. Well, I am not, yeah. so let me just say, it is. Yeah. So, uh, Mary Mancini, uh, for those of you that don't know, opened a record shop here in Nashville, Tennessee, in the mid-90s? What's the specific date? August 16th, 1992. 1992. So not even mid. We're talking early 90s. Early, early 90s here. So if you've ever been down to Church Avenue, Canvas, maybe you've had a fun time at Canvas, uh, that used to be a record shop. That whole space used to look quite a bit different. Used to be a record shop called Lucy's Record Shop. And it was extremely special and pretty dang unique to Nashville for the time. Absolutely. 100%. There were record shops, obviously. Yes. And apparently, if you go back and listen to the Lucy's Record Shop podcast, there used to be another record store there previously, which you kind of recently discovered. Yeah, that was crazy. Talking to Randy Fox, historian and music writer, he's like, I was blown hey, away. Hey, you know, yeah, it had been there for decades and uh, closed in the early 70s and then became some other things uh, along the way. And then I showed up in 1992 and found this space because I had been working next door at the World's End of uh, yeah. Midnight Sun. And I was like, oh, this is empty and just kind of like, okay, I'll open a record store here. Having no idea that that was previously a record store (laughs) until about a year and a half ago. Yeah, it's wild that it had that sort of lineage already there when you, it was destined. It was destined to be. I guess it was destiny, Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So if you've ever been to, was it Randy's Record Shop? If you're an old enough listener to have been to Randy's Record Shop, uh, then Lucy's Record Shop in the 90s, and now Canvas here in the modern age, uh, that was all Lucy's Record Shop. And it was a place for buying records, obviously, but it also hosted a lot of shows. DIY, independent, punk, all kinds of shows. I mean, Low played there. They Might Be Giants played there. Tons of punk bands played there. Uh, yeah, it became a, a real stop on the, the, you know, back then the only way to get your music out was basically to tour, right? I mean, right. to get your music heard. Yeah, by multiple people. I mean, you put it out on record and you people bought the record, but if you wanted to expand on that, you know, there was no things, all the things that we have today. Yeah. So people hit the road and and so because we were all ages uh, it was just a special place and people were like, we want to play there. You know, I'm very low key and we welcomed bands that had a lot of experience, not a lot of experience, touring bands and so we had some amazing 
bands just call up and be like, I want to play there. Yeah. So, yeah, it was pretty special. It was really special. It was extremely special. And we are celebrating the 30th anniversary of how special that was with a show at Dark Matter on September the 19th? 18th. September, Sunday, September on the 18th. September the 18th. <laughs> I will edit that, or I won't, and I'll just look like an idiot, uh, which is totally fine. Um, So on Sunday, September 18th, there is a massive show happening at Dark Matter. I read this on a previous show, but I'm going to do it again. The lineup is, big breath here, Hans Condor, Stuckit, Electric Python, Ready for Death, Black Bra, 12 Volt Negative Earth, Spider Virus, Total Wife, Free Base Masons, Casual Sex, Paul Birch and John Langford, Amir the Weirdo, and Drew the Drifter. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. It's a long day. And people may be asking, why is this happening on a Sunday? Why are you doing the show on a Sunday? Because they don't know that Lucy's was known for the Sunday matinee. Yeah, the migraine matinee. That's how it all started. And uh, we wanted to sort of honor that Mm -hmm. and uh, forgot about that all these kids have work the next day now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah work and and they have kids so uh but we we decided to do it on a sunday just for that to pay homage to totally the fact that when we first started doing shows uh it was because don kendall and april kendall and troy pig had been doing these migraine matinees in other places and they ended up looking for they needed a new place and they stumbled upon lucy's and at the time yeah. we were just doing a few in stores and they stumbled upon lucy's and they saw all this empty space in the back and they're like hey can we do our sunday migraine matinee shows here yeah. and i was like okay i mean i think it was a longer process than that but <laughs> and uh and so that's how it all started you know and um and primarily it was sunday afternoons and we we didn't really start doing shows on weeknights in any sort of uh, major way until we actually got up to codes because we were not sure before that so yeah and that's when it really really started to become not just a record store not just a place for the migraine matinees but this full-fledged thing yeah. and um and so we wanted to pay homage to that by having it the, the show on sunday yeah i love it and so many bands wanted to reform or play that it wasn't just now an afternoon show it's now an afternoon late afternoon early evening late evening yeah show. yeah I think that's great, I, and I think anyone that's you know hesitant about going out to a show on a Sunday just needs to suck it up a little bit. Sometimes there's special things that happen, and you just invest in it. And if you're a little tired on Monday, you're a little tired on Monday. That's right. It's okay. Or, or take the day off. Oh, again. what a wonderful idea! Or go idea. in late, or call in sick. You know what? Treat yourself, so, listener. Treat yourself, <laughs> and just don't go into work. Call out. Don't just ditch. But you know, call out. Right. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah. So, Lucy's Record Shop uh, existed then. It was very special. We're celebrating its 30th anniversary on the 18th. You can go to lucysrecordshop.com to pick up tickets to that. But that's not the only thing that's happening. There's also a screening over at the Bellcourt on September 12th of a documentary called Lucy Barks. It was put together by a director named Stacy Golddate, I believe. That is, It's a 45-minute documentary. First time out for this director back in the 90s. They're much more accomplished now, <laughs> but back then it was there. Everyone's got to do a first thing. The first thing Stacy Golday did was this documentary about Lucy's and the culture around Lucy's, and they're having a screening at the Bell Court on the twelfth, and you should absolutely come to that as well. I'm really excited for it, and it's also going to be a live podcast recording. Oh goodness! Yes, so right. Stacy's gonna. She can't come in, but she's gonna zoom in, mm-hmm. and after the screening, we're gonna do a live. Uh, just a Q&A with her. It'll, I'll turn it into a podcast. We'll take audience 
participation questions and comments and stuff. And, oh, that's awesome. You yeah. should uh, absolutely come to this if you're in the Nashville area. If you are not in the Nashville area and you, uh, you know, wish to participate, you're going to be able to see, hear the podcast episode later on. You can also go to lucybarks.vhx.tv. I know that's not an easy to remember URL, but I'll link it in the show notes. Then you can just click on some words. You can go there and you can watch the trailer, which is phenomenal. It is such a slice of 90s. It is amazing. Every frame of it is so good, particularly that it was, you know, shot on like VHS. So it's already got that built in aesthetic, what people are wearing, the hairstyles, just the attitudes. It's amazing. It's so good. But you can also buy this film if you want to. And all of the proceeds will go to the Oasis Center or Nashville Launchpad. So you're going to watch a movie that's very interesting. You're going to support some great organizations. And you're just going to have a little participation in the Lucy's history. All the thanks. But come to the Belcourt if you can. I think that's going to be a fun night. You know, Belcourt does this Music City Mondays series. And so every Monday they have this music either documentary or uh, regular movie movie yeah. movie yeah yeah and uh, and so they asked if they could do this as part of that series and it's so it's i'm very thankful very excited about it i think it's going to be fun it's going to be super fun yeah. look so we got the show on the 18th we got the movie on the 12th uh and then we have the podcast which we haven't we've lightly mentioned it here but there's also a whole lucy's record shop podcast that is documenting the history of the space and how it came to be and catching up with tons of people that were involved with the whole community. Not just people that ran it, like yourself, but the people who attended it and the people who performed there and what's become of them now. And also... Wait, there's more? Wait, there's more. Also, more like modern day people that are of the same mindset of the same ethos uh drew the drifter was on your show recently he's 17 i think Mm -hmm. and has put out i don't know how like 100 songs 200 songs or something already plans to put out 100 albums before he's 30 i believe he's gonna do it i think it's gonna happen absolutely after talking to him i 100 percent believe it too but can i just say Mm -hmm. i would never have known about drew the drifter if I had not heard him on your podcast, We Own This Town Music. This particular show right here. This show right here that we are on. <laughs> and and it's like that for so many bands that I'm now aware of and fans of. And I was so happy that I heard him. And, you know, you had talked about how prolific he is. Yeah. And I, I was like, I have to meet and talk to this kid. And he turned out to be just an engaging interview and, uh, you know, fun to talk to. And, I mean, he is... He is so steeped in musical history at the tender age of 17. Yeah. Like, he's really, really into learning about artists of all genres that have been around for decades. It's really fascinating to hear him talk. Yeah, the episode was really compelling because he kept referencing much older music. Like, when you're a kid, when you're 17, yes, you have listened to what your parents have listened to. You have listened to maybe, you know, a couple decades prior to that. But he was reaching back much further than that. And not only for his songwriting, but also just for you know, his own musical knowledge. It was really super interesting. You're up to 14 episodes of the Lucy's Record Shop show. I think mm-hmm. there's a couple more coming that uh, before the season ends. You know, I've been privy to uh, some of the guests <laughs> that she's gotten to interview. So I know who's coming and I'm really excited for it. But if you haven't listened to this stuff yet, you've got to go back. These are all, there isn't, there isn't a bad episode. 
Oh. They're all great. They're all just really, really fascinating. You know, but I'm also sitting right in front of you. So. Yeah, but you know, I would say it anyway. I would you say would. And you know, I also, if we're being real, I'd tell you if there was one that was lame. <laughs> you would. <laughs> I totally believe that. I would be honest with you and be like, yeah, you know what? I didn't really like this one. Didn't do it for me. But they all have been... I mean, they, they just cover so much zones and different areas and, and mentalities and where p- people have ended up is just really fascinating. I will suggest the, the episode nine, which is called Book Your Own Fucking Life, featuring Burt. Burt is not a local band, but they were a regionally local band. And I found that episode really compelling to think about what you were talking about earlier. Being a band in 1992, how do you exist? There is literally no streaming music. Pressing CDs is insanely expensive vinyl production at that point was unreachable and pretty much like didn't happen in the 90s so much music in the 90s did not get pressed to vinyl how did you do it how did you survive and that episode goes into some really wonderful detail of how that happened and it was community spoiler alert the answer is community (laughs) do you see that happening in nashville now i mean i know you said you're not as steeped in the bukus of music but like in booking this show did you sort of and, and being involved with Dark Matter, are you seeing that? Do you see that like the Nashville community is as strong now as it was then, or any parallels, or just observations? I think it is as strong, and I, it's also more a little bit more. Um, it's a little bit more interesting in that there's more pockets of community now mm-hmm. as the city has grown, right? So it's not just punk music and the punk community right. which exists but it's also other genres of music and those communities that exist and how that those artists help each other and support each other it's also art artists right and those communities exist and create you know creatives in other ways yeah. so so that's been really fun to see and i know it was like that before and a little bit but this is it's, it's like that on steroids now right because yeah. the city has grown so much and right. so that's been really eye-opening because in one way because I think when when the people that live in Nashville look in at the direction it's going in it's not always we're not happy because we don't feel as if we are being taken care of by the powers that be right mm-hmm. it's they're, it's sure. catering to this tourist trade and so you know it's 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 easy to overlook what's kind of bubbling underneath and how supportive sure. artists are and musicians are and other creatives are of each other so that's been fantastic like just plugging back into that and seeing that. It's also, you know, easier to get your thing out there too. Sure. That's good and bad. Yeah. Right. Because the the good part of it is that if Drew the Drifter, say, or someone like him isn't as effusively, you know, out there as he puts himself out there, he could just sit in his room and do it. And right. it would still get out there. And right. He could still do it. So that's great. But they, then of course there are the people who don't put themselves out there for mm-hmm. whatever reason and they just sit in their yeah. room and make it, right? So so that's a that's detrimental to them as well. So it's it's good and bad now. It's different, sure. but again, it's totally see so many similarities. Um, it's just there's just more of it. Yeah, two points that you just touched on that were fantastic. One, I think the democratization of distribution. Like, I can make something in my room, and I can it can be on Spotify the next day. Like, that's available to everyone now for a relatively cheap price for the most part. That does come with this good and bad side that's like literally anyone can just put whatever on Spotify. So like your your competition has now increased Mm. like a million percent 
Like there's, how do you get your music noticed? How do you do that? How do you get out there? And like in this book, your own fucking life, like you would have to have a zine and figure out where the venues were and stuff. And I think now we see that that is solved again with community and that you do have to embed yourself a little bit and like make friends and book shows with like-minded bands and like kind of the same tenants still exist, but getting noticed is still insanely hard. Yeah, like, it's, that's interesting. That's a really great point. That's a really great point. It's, it's so hard. It's it's because there's so much. Yes. As someone that puts out records with an indie record label, it is very hard to cut through the noise and find the people that want to hear the music that you're putting out. But, you know, I do think that the answer to it is community and, you know, just embedding yourself and, and getting noticed with, with like-minded people doing the same things. Uh, Dark Matters serving that really well. I think uh, most of the small venues in town do a great job of that. East Room is awesome at it. The Vibe Spot is great at it. I don't want to name all the names because I really do think all of the small to mid-sized venues are doing a great job of supporting the community and helping to book those shows. I'm glad to hear that it's 1992 on steroids. <laughs> I'm glad that we have grown in that way. Uh, the other point you made was about how it's hard to look at Nashville from the outside and be like, it's it's downtown, it's honky tonks, it's drunk people on Second Avenue, um, it's a lot of wretched politicians and wretched policies. That's really hard as a Nashvillian to look at that and see like, oh, this beautiful old house has now torn down and they put two things up on the same lot kind of thing. It's hard to preserve that history. I tend to be... a not a contrarian, but I do tend to lean on the other side and say that there are more benefits to our current setup than than negatives. There are negatives. I do not deny that. But, man, it was hard to see shows in the past. It was hard to get sushi at more than one place in the past. Like, there's a lot of benefits to the growth of Nashville, but I think we all just have to, like, work to keep that community a little bit. And I think Lucy's kind of to bring it all back around. I think Lucy's planted the seed. And I'm not just saying that because you're sitting in front of me, but based on you know my age, I'm in my 40s, I grew up hearing about Lucy's and going to Lucy's, and now I'm listening to all these stories on the show. The seed was planted. Like that's where sort of punk was allowed to, to flourish, you know, and like kids were welcome and given a safe space there. What is the uh, what is the tagline for Lucy's? Like the slogan, the motto? No racist, sexist, or homophobic shit tolerated. Fucking beautiful. Like, it's brilliant. Can you imagine when someone thinks of Nashville in the 90s that that is a, a, the slogan for a place? It's absolutely unfathomable that, someone, that that would be something plastered on the front door of a place. So, I mean, uh, you know. I'm not going to get too schmaltzy on you, but I do appreciate it. Uh, I think you you helped set this in motion. Was it all you? No. There was lots of help. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. You know, lots of people were involved. And community. Yeah. There's uh, all the people that were booking, like all the bands that were playing, all the people that were attending. All of that is in aggregate and, and made this great thing. But I just, I don't think Nashville would have been the same without it. Like, I, I think it's a huge piece of our history and uh, I thank you for it and I can't wait to celebrate it on the 12th and on the 18th and hopefully more regularly after that. We'll see. Maybe are you going to just celebrate every 30 years? Is that when the, the celebrations happen? The parties? Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I don't know. That's a great question. I'm I'm unclear. Sure. I'd love to, to hold you to is. it. Well, I'll make you commit to a 31st anniversary right now. No, I won't do that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so uh, I didn't just bring you in to chat about this history. That is a large part of it. But this is a music show. So let's play some music. You have brought a playlist. I have brought a playlist. We did not discuss how these two playlists are going to merge. So we're just going to... Do it off the cuff. Wing it, as they We're say. We're going to wing it. I am going to let you pick the first track. Oh. And then I will okay. pick a track from my playlist that I think uh, pairs well with it. Mm. Okay. Let's start off with uh, Summer by Electric Python. All righty. Here we go. This is Summer by Electric Python. <laughs>
All right. That was our first set of tunes with Mary Mancini from Lucy's Record Shop. We started that off with Electric Python and their track Summer off of the release Into the Night. And then I followed that with Casual Sex and the track Cold Front off of their release Rejoice. What can you tell me about Electric Python? Electric Python is Chris Fox. And Chris is a drummer who used to play in... Fun Girls from Mount Pilot, Booby Hatch, and Ash Chapel. Ash Chapel. Let's let's pause for a moment. Have a moment of silence for possibly the greatest band name that's ever been. It's vaguely offensive, uh, but it's. So, but you don't know why. Yeah, it's so funny. It's, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> so good. And on the and the podcast episode number fourteen, Dallas Thomas actually explains how how they got the name and wonderful and, and the effect that it had on <laughs> on the band's demise. But um, and uh, and and then Bingham Barnes and Bingham, you people know him from Grand Palace yeah. now. Yeah, and, and Grand Palace is, is actually doing. Keeping it in the family, they're doing the T-shirts oh, and great. a commemorative poster for the event. So, uh, and then of glossary, and then also Daphne's operation, which was oh the wow, God, ass. I haven't heard that name in forever. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. Murfreesboro throwback. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Murfreesboro, the center of the state. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Jeff, a guy named Jeff Heim, who has um, he he didn't play in any bands at Lucy's, but he was around. Yeah. And now they have this band that, that they're playing with and it's just killer. Yeah. It's so great. Oh, yeah. I can't I have not seen them live. I have had heard reports from live shows. Um, Don Kendall actually texted me from the live shows. He goes is Electric Python playing the, the anniversary show? I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, good, because I was going to say that they should be if they're not. And I'm like, they are. So he was enamored with them. So I think it's they're going to – I can't wait. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I mean, you could tell from that track that uh, it's going to be great live. It's going to be fantastic. Well, Chris Fox is – I mean, there's been 14 episodes of – the Lucy's Record Shop podcast, and I think he's been mentioned in most of them. Oh wow! As being like the drummer yeah. that everybody was like, "God, that Chris Fox is such a dr- great drummer." You know, if I heard it once, <laughs> I heard it like fourteen times, and it's true. Yeah. So. Well, uh, another reason to come out to the show. That sounds awesome, uh, and I'm sure the whole release is fantastic too. Yeah. F- face melting. And then casual sex. Yeah. I feel like I need to spell that every time that yes. I... S-E-C-T-S. Right. Sex. Was a band, another band that I had first heard on your podcast, We Own This Town, and uh, was just enamored with them. And so I went into, you know, the things you go into and listen to their yep. releases. And I was like, I love this band. And I, I had, I, I did see them live. Oh, I haven't seen and, them yet. And really, also really great. Were they playing in their clerical collars? Yes, they were. Yes. <laughs> I mean, how do you not like that? Yeah, I don't know. You have <laughs> they, to. I think they were purple. Actually, they weren't standard black, too. I think. Oh, that's great. From what I remember, so so that's they're great too. Yeah. I guess you would call that a gimmick, but I don't mean that disparagingly. I think it's a, such a great hook. Oh, it's you fantastic! Know, it's yeah. So cool, yeah. uh, especially when your band name is Casual Sex, and then you dress as a priest. Yeah. I mean, can't can't beat that. You know what? So many levels. <laughs> so many levels. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that just came in through maybe the. Either the We Own This Town inbox, which, hey, everybody, Michael at WeOwnThisTown.net, send me your music. I will give it a listen. Either came in through there or maybe just like browsing Bandcamp, you know? Like, I spend, unfortunately, this is a a very lame thing that I do, but I just love to browse around Bandcamp. (laughs) Find some new music. Okay, so both of those bands are playing at the show. They are. So, 
come on, y'all. Both of those <laughs> bands. It's great. I, where, I think I'm going to lead the next set, but where am I going to go? I'm going to go something unexpected. This is Stone Deep with Finger to the 40. All Hit Radio.
going anyway. That's not on our playlist. That's not on our playlist. That's not on our playlist. That's not on our Second set with Mary Mancini of Lucy's Record Shop. We kick that off with Stone Deep and the track Finger to the 40 off of the Nashville EP, originally released, I believe, in 1993 and then reissued in 2022. Uh, And then followed that up with Amira the Weirdo and the track You to Save Me. So I know a little bit about Stone Deep, but pick that track because it's from the 90s. I had no idea if this was related to Lucy's or not. (laughs) And you told me while it was playing, it definitely is. It's crazy. What a coincidence. (laughs) Yes. It's stone deep was another staple of the Lucy's record shop thing, right? They played several shows there as well as all over town, but um, yeah, they were a huge Lucy's band, huge. And they're not playing at the, uh, at the reunion concert, Mm -hmm. but they will be there. Oh, great. Emceeing. Amazing. And uh, also some special surprises from them. Oh, wow. As well. That's... So I don't want to give away too no, much. No, no, surely don't. So, yeah, so they're going to be part of it. That's exciting. I really like this release. They have this massive write-up on Bandcamp about how they came to be and what their history is and how this recording came to be. Uh, it's If you're a reader, it's a great slice of Nashville history, uh, and I highly recommend it. It will be linked in the show notes for sure. I love that so much. I love that kind of coincidence, synchronicity kind of a thing. That's well, I awesome. picked this song because it's called Finger to the 40, and you have a production company with a similar name. Give 40 the finger. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you told me one time that you made that name up back in the Lucy's days. 
right? Like way back when, or maybe not? Uh, not quite way back then. Uh, I was a little bit older. I was turning 40. So, um, and uh, I decided to uh, register a domain name, yeah. GFTF, and use it <laughs> as a, you know, a way to post music and, and things related to my 40th birthday. Do you still so. own GFTF.com? I do. A four-letter domain name. See? You are sitting exactly. on a gold mine. Well, you would think, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I keep renewing it year after year thinking, someday there's going to be a company that wants to use it. Uh, for and sure. So, nothing. Just, no, stay nothing. on it. What well... Is- what does it cost? Ten dollars a year to renew yeah, it? No, 20? no, I'm never going to give it up. Yeah. But now I can use it for my production company in the meantime. Yes, so, that's yeah. amazing. I yeah. love it. Um, well, and after that, we played Amira the Weirdo with the track "You to Save Me." I am not familiar with Amira the Weirdo. This is one of the names that popped up on the, uh, you know, the list of bands playing at the at the reu- at the celebration show, and I was completely unfamiliar and made a mental note like, "Gotta dive in here." So this is actually my first time hearing that. I really liked it that was great and she's got so much more out there too and she was a graduate of a program called girls right nashville oh yeah i've heard of that yeah Yeah. so they they basically have an official affiliation with metro nashville public schools to help girls express themselves through songwriting and through uh, mentorship and community but also production and so amira is a graduate from that program and i first saw her at a benefit that they had for this organization back last fall. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away because it's basically just her. I guess she was 17 at the time. It's just her and a, her... Twiddling knobs. Twiddling knobs, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And just she's just got a great you know stage presence and she writes great songs and she's so talented. Yeah. And so I've been following her ever since then. And when the idea for this show came up, again, I took a little you know, personal privilege. Sure. And I was like, oh, I'm going to book some bands that maybe I want to see. So yeah. I invited her to, to be a part of it. So. Well, I think it's very, I don't know if prog- progressive is not the right word, but it's just smart of you not to just book a bunch of old bands from back in the day. Like Lucy's is bigger than that. And I think it's it's awesome that there are, you know, Casual Sex is playing. Total Wife is playing. Amir the Weirdo is playing. Like these are re- modern bands. I don't. That's the wrong word too. But contemporary current bands. Current bands. Uh, and I like that they're all being mixed together. So maybe some of the people that are coming out to see Stuckit will, you know, they'll be like, oh wow, Amir the Weirdo, pretty awesome. I, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. But also, I could have seen th- or I could see them. Being a part of Lucy's, if they were around back in the 90s, yeah. they would have been a part of the Lucy's community for sure. 100%. Yeah. Well, and that was the that's the whole idea. That's the theme. Love it. Uh, well, looking at Amir the Weirdo's Spotify page, there are a lot of things here. This is not just like the first and only single. There's a lot of singles here. Uh, I'm really excited to, to dive in a little deeper. So looking forward to that. Next set is you kicking things off. So what are we going to hear next? Oh, let's do something a little heavier. Let's do uh, Ready for Death and Cyborg Priest. Here we go.
All right. Top of that set was Cyborg Priest from Ready for Death off of Worldwide Blackout. We mentioned earlier Ready for Death is the new project from Dallas Thomas of Ash Chapel. Pause for... You know, And then after that, we heard Third Face with the track Villains off of Do It With a Smile. I just picked Villains as a, a little bit of a pairing there with Ready for Death. Both of those songs are what I would categorize as brutal. Mm-hmm. Brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to be in a mood. Yeah. I have seen bands like that live, and it's always an absolute treat because it is uh, pummeling. It's pummeling. I'm sure that uh, Ready for Death playing at the show is going to be very loud. And it's going to be great. You're yeah. going to feel it in your whole body. You will. It's going to be awesome. You will. And there's so much history wrapped up in in Dallas and and so that band. Yeah. That it's uh, it's going to be, I think, really, it's going to be really special. Yeah. yeah. And as we record this, uh, the latest Lucy's Record Shop podcast is the Dallas Thomas episode. So do yourself a treat and go listen to that. Really insightful. Really fast. I mean, he was 14 when he started coming to Lucy's. That is so young baby dallas thomas yeah so young i mean i can't i don't remember what the what, how, how old i was when i first went to a show but uh it was older than 14 that's for sure so kudos to him the villains track that we heard from third face off of do it with a smile i thought it paired well sonically and also third face is Catherine edwards who is a huge part of dark matter is dark matter basically uh there's lots of other people helping it's about community but i mean you can't (laughs) say dark matter without saying her name no Catherine edwards and olivia schiabelli yeah have been dark matter for 10 years now right in various incarnations various places Mm -hmm. and they finally found a home at this place on dickerson pike and they've been there and doing their thing consistently for i guess four years now yeah and um and again it's to me that's the the new Lucy's, right? Yes, because I agree. It, it is a, an all ages space. They have all kinds of music, not just music, all kinds of performances. Yeah, it's it's definitely a community. So yeah, same, uh, same kind of vibe. It was scary during COVID because it was like, oof, how is this tiny venue going to survive? But I think there was a lot of community support uh, that made it happen, and they did a bunch of renovations during that time, and it's even better now. It really like, is. I don't yeah. know if you would count it as a new incarnation because it's in the same spot, but they upgraded so much. It's great in there. It's I a love great it. place to see a show. Yes, absolutely. Okay, my choice for the next set. Where am I going to go with this? All right, I'm going to go with uh, a new choice for me. Uh, this is a band that I was recently introduced to, and I'm just sort of smitten with it. This is not associated with. This is not associated with Lucy's. This is not associated with the show. I just love this song. It's my show, so I'm going to play it.
about me I hate it even more when you play them for your friends I'm not going to one more party Cause when it comes to you I think I'm staying in today Today Why do guys like you always look so sad? Why do I feel like I wanna be the reason with your flesh? Across your chest
right, top of that set, we heard Venus and the Flytraps with the track, I love this title, Boys Are Cuter When They're Crying, off of the release Dumbing of Age. And then after that, we heard Modern Feminist from the band Black Bra off of the album Black Bra. Uh, I chose my song, Boys Are Cuter When They're Crying, because I heard that song recently and I really liked it. So I, I know very little about Venus and the Flytraps. I believe that they're like 21-year-old college students making uh, this sort of awesome indie pop. And uh, it's got a little bit of snark to it. It's got a little bit of edge. <laughs> sold. Totally uh, sold. 100%. Loved it. <laughs> so great. Yeah. And, you know, they're, uh, I think I read some write-up that uh, several of the songs on the release were written when they were like 17. So it fits. You know, kids, sure. all ages, dark matter, Lucy's, it's all in there. It's yeah, 100%. In the wash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I imagine it would be doing hard doing like a, a Siskel and Ebert show with you. Why? Well, or maybe easy, because all your song choices would be like two thumbs up. Well, I don't want to play songs on this show that I don't like. That is... <laughs> That, that serves no purpose whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I don't even understand why people r- review music they don't like. Like, just don't write about it. Like, that's enough of a snub. If you need to deliver a snub to music you don't like, don't write about it. Just write good things. It seems insane that you'd be like, oh, Arcade Fire put out a new album and it is crap. <laughs> it's just like, well, just don't say anything about it. Let Let someone else write about it if they liked it, you know? And also, people will listen. Do people buy music based on a, a critic saying, like, well, I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't as good as their first. Mm. Like, That's a really interesting... I hate it. It just mars the whole experience. It sets these weird expectations where you're like, oh, well, I heard the new one wasn't as good. And you go in and, and listen to it. And then you're like... Well, I really liked it. Am I not supposed to like it? It's like, no, there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. Like, everything is good if you like it. Like, yeah. it's just good. So just play things you like. Listen so to you, things you like. So what you're saying would put a lot of music writers out of business. Because it's a little cottage industry, the, the, the bad review, isn't it? Sure. And the rating system. It and is. The- well, I remember when uh, Pitchfork uh, famously gave a 0.0 to some dismemberment plan album. And I was like... Fuck that. That's a good record. Like, and it made me distrust everything from Pitchfork from that point forward. I was like, they were already snarky and already like full of it. But I was just like, no, I don't care about anything you write about anymore because this is not a zero. Maybe it was uh, the solo Travis Morrison 0.0, whatever. They gave a zero to a guy. It was involved in that. It was just, un. it just wasn't necessary. Unnecessary. It, it was at least a one. Right. You know, he put it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. actually a thing. Yeah, it's yeah. just, uh, it is. I just, it feels like a huge waste of time. Anyway, yeah. yes, I don't play music on the show that I don't like. So if you send me music and I don't play it on the show, I either haven't gotten to it yet, or it wasn't for our audience. And that doesn't mean it was bad. It just means it wasn't for our audience. Right. Anyway, we followed that up with a modern feminist from Black Bra. Uh, I'm very happy that you picked the song because my record label, YK Records, put out the Black Bra record. So, of course, I have bias. Uh, but I've known Beth Cameron, the primary songwriter and front person of Black Bra, since 1994. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Same. Samesies. Yeah. 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 Her <laughs> original band, very first high school band, maybe not very first, but one of the first was a band called Fair Verona, who I believe played at Lucy's. Yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They and and their music is up on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. Do not go to Spotify because there's other Fair Veronas and yeah. they are not the Fair Verona. And I was listening to it as I was going through making these playlists and getting familiar again with it, it is so good. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it's wild that they yeah. were writing that when they were like kids. Kids, babies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it was really good. And then she went on to, to do... Forget Cassettes. Also fantastic. Phenomenal, yeah. yeah. And now is in Black Bra. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Uh, pretty much everyone involved with uh, Fair Verona, at least the women that were involved with Fair Verona, went on to do great things. I'm not sure about the other people, but uh, we were talking earlier about Shauna Potter. Mm-hmm. She was in Fair Verona. She has a new thing now. I don't remember the name of it. You do? War on Women. War on Women. And Curry is in Tower Defense. Yeah. So everybody's in something good. You know what? I did not know that Curry was in Fair Verona. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. There you go. <gasps> Thanks, Michael. <laughs> You're welcome. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, that was a good set with some weird rants in it, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was fabulous. <laughs> All right, I think you're got you have the next pick, but I know what it is, so I'm gonna play Keanu Reeves from Stuckett.
All right. Top of that set was Stuck It with the track Keanu Reeves, followed by Total Wife and the track Debbie off of A Blip. Whenever I say the name Stuck It, I really like to lean into the S-C-H. It's a great windup. It's really wonderful. Um, Stuck It playing at the Celebration Show. They are, yes. Which is pretty amazing because I don't believe one of the members lives in the state anymore, right? It's really amazing. He's flying in and... Yeah, so it's basically one of the bands that that reformed for this. And they're going to play... So they reformed for it and 12 Negative Earth. Yeah. Another band that reformed with the original lineup. Amazing. To play. And um, and then shook it, yeah. so Incredible. It is really neat. It's really neat. And, you know, I, again, I've, I've known Mike and Jeremy and Ryan since they were in kids. high school. Yeah. Since they were kids. But we have... Uh, kept in touch, you know, over the years, and it's just been really great to see them still. Oh yeah, not just playing in a band, but playing in a band in, in many bands since then, and then continuing to just rock Nashville. Yeah, and oh, rock for, Nashville hard. Yeah, I mean Apollo Up is one of oh my, my favorite bands ever. Uh, absolutely love them, uh, and then now Tower Defense is also one of my favorite bands ever. Uh, absolutely love them. There's some bias there. YK Records has put out some Tower Defense stuff. I think our circles of of friends and influence are pretty tight. So we aren't picking these songs because they become advertisements for my little label. It just works out that way. But you also put out really good stuff. Well, I appreciate it, but I'm not making the music. I mean, Apollo Up and Tower Defense are doing that on their own. Uh, and, and Tower Defense has Curry from uh, from Fevrona, uh, which I think is just a really nice combo there. Like, sort of speaking to what you're talking about with, like, they have all been making music for so long that it's wild to it see is. that they're still doing it it, it really it. is amazing and you love to see it right? you love to see people doing what they love still doing what they love to do you know we what we forgot to mention earlier too is speaking of your record label sure is that um you just reissued and i was so excited to see this like because it was a surprise you didn't tell anybody true you didn't I mean, and Beth didn't say anything. True. But your record label just reissued um, Forget Cassettes. Salt. Salt. Yes. On beautiful vinyl. Mm -hmm. Looking at it right now. Double record. Cannot wait to get my copy. When am I going to get my copy? Uh, You you can buy one today. I bought one already. Oh, well, then I'll give it to you today. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, The reason that we did not announce it is because vinyl production is insane and it takes forever. And I did not want to put a pre-order out that I didn't know when it could be fulfilled. Mm. So uh, I literally submitted the job for that vinyl in September of last year, and it took a full year to get it into my hands. So I would have felt awful if I'd said something in March, like, sure. hey, here it is, pre-order it, and then just have to sit on it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's what happened. But uh, yeah, it's a great record, phenomenal record. Maybe, maybe with Black Bra is playing, uh, you can you can ask Beth if they practiced a salt song. Because Jay, I think, is playing. Jay Leo is also, I think, playing in the Black Bra lineup at your show. Mm-hmm. And he was in Forget Cassettes at that time. Oh, maybe? Maybe. God, the See, possibilities are endless at this show. They are endless. And I don't want to ask because I want to be surprised with sure. everybody else. Sure. Right? I think there's just going to be – it's, it's going to be a great day. But I think there's just people the, – the, the people that are playing are going to be – surprising us all left and right willy-nilly i think that's true i know yeah i think it's great speaking of stuck it 
who we just played. I'll link this in the show notes, but they released their discography, 1994 to 1998, up on Bandcamp. It's 41 tracks. <laughs> I love it. I it's love so it. good. For, for like it's mid, for, for that era, 94 to 98, that's a lot of recording. Because it was not easy to record in 1994 to 1998. That took quite a bit of effort from Shuckett. (laughs) 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 You got to wind it up. You do. You do. You do it so well. Um, After that, we heard Debbie from Total Wife. Um, I know I say it a lot, like my favorite band, but I can't think of another act in town that I adore more than Total Wife right now. Uh, That flavor of shoegaze is... It just pushes every correct button for me. And it's clearly influenced by so many things. Like you can hear the stereo lab. You can hear the My Bloody Valentine. It's right there, but it isn't derivative. Mm. And it's totally still unique. It's just building on this kind of like history of shoegaze and this kind of music. And every release from them transforms and, and evolves and grows. And it's not just the same thing over and over again. I just, oh my God, they're so good. And I've seen them at Dark Matter before, and it's so good. It's so funny. I was going to ask you that because I love the recordings too. Again, thanks to you, but I've never seen them live. So they are playing on the 18th, Mm. and I should prepare myself for greatness. It is so good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, spilling those kind of accolades almost feels empty. It's so effusive, but I mean every ounce of it. It is so good. All right, I'm going to transition into another song that I just like, a band I just like and listen to this track a lot and would have loved to have seen at Lucy's. This is Twin.
Hello, it's America calling. Maybe you know my name. I've been around to some renown, and I'd like to play your stage. I got your records on Zonophone. I know you'd put on a hell of a show. Can't help you, man. Get out of sun if you could only catch your breath. But I got my hat, I got my coat. There's a boat in three days' time. I know I'd make it, yeah, if I could only catch my breath. I hear you got a hall in Brighton. Yeah, it looks like Coney Island. And the women would show play me the fool. Yeah, yeah, like the girls from Liverpool. But you best stay home, my friend. Though it will be my life's regret. Could have been renowned in London town if you could only catch your breath. Top of that set, we heard Twin with One Stop Shop for a Fading Revolution off of One Stop Shop, followed by If I Could Only Catch My Breath by Paul Birch and John Lankford off of the release Meridian Rising. Now, we played Twin on the show many times before. I am clearly smitten with the release One Stop Shop. I picked it not only because I love the song, but because the way they released this record was very, very, very DIY. Uh, They were on a label, I think French Kiss, for their previous album whatever happened they either left or got dropped or you know amicable split whatever and this whole uh new release one stop shop was 100 percent them and the the work that they did to 
put together the videos and to put together the marketing campaign and to put together tours and everything like that has all been the band. And that's not even talking about the music at all. And the record is phenomenal. So I thought they helped sort of embody the Lucy's mentality of DIY teen and dark matter too. So absolutely they're right in there. And plus if I had been able to see twin at Lucy's oh, chef's kiss would have been, <laughs> would have been great. Uh, after that, we heard Paul Birch with John Lankford, if I could only catch my breath. And I got to be real. I don't know anything about this. And I'm having a hard time pairing this with the rest of the music that we've heard. This was a much different vibe. Much different vibe. But that's, again, this day, this Sunday show yeah. is sort of a microcosm of everything that was Lucy's, right? And so it wasn't always just one genre. I think we're known as sure. a, a throwaway line of an all-ages punk music venue, right? But we actually had every kind of music. Uh, yeah. play there right totally. except for scronky jazz which I, I actually was like no scronky jazz but yeah. but and so paul birch and um and john langford who is in a band called the mecons which is one from i mean kind of an art collective slash first wave of punk band right you know has has evolved the sound has evolved since then and many different other people have joined him and left and joined and left. But it, it is it does represent and Paul Birch, you know, kind of a I mean for lack of a better word, again throwaway, but an Americana sure. kind of a sound. But you know, those bands played Lucy's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? The the um uh, oh my god, what the was diversity of your the lineup? diversity of the lineup, but also I'm I'm trying to think of I was trying to think of specifically the genres of the BR five four nines and the hillbillies oh, wow. and the, yeah, yeah. The, the surf rock and um not that that was surf rock, but you know what I mean we right. uh, so many There was much more than punk there. It was much more than punk, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. La, 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 I'm going on and no, on. No, no, I think but, that's interesting because I think you're totally right. When I think of Lucy's, that is immediately the first thing I think of, and that's unfair. That's doing I, I, no, it an injustice. I, 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 yes, I think it's very fair, but I think it is doing it injustice, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, because we we did primarily do that punk and indie kind of a thing, but but I think in the punk vein, mm-hmm. as well as in the in, uh, sorry in the indie vein, as well as in the punk vein, it's all different types of music within those two monikers. So so Paul and John represent that part of. Lucy. So yeah. it's going to be nice to have them uh, to have them play and have them play together. Yeah, so. I mean, that was awesomely pleasant. Uh, you know, I think you also have great taste in choosing these things. And I think it's nice to hear a, a little bit more of that diversity of uh, of Lucy. So it makes sense that we can hear Ready for Death and we can hear Electric Python and we can hear Amir the Weirdo, which is way more pop leaning. And then we can hear this and it's way more acoustically driven and, and Americana for lack of a better word, which that should be its own genre. Americana for <laughs> lack of a better word. I love that. Uh, I will also quickly remark that episode five of Lucy's Record Shop, the podcast, is with Smilin' J. McDowell. You're talking about BR549. He was a member of BR549. Wonderful episode. Uh, just a delightful person to hear tell his tale. Uh, really enjoyed that very much. So. Yeah, because simultaneously, while Lucy's was going on, there was this whole other scene happening downtown at the, the Honky Tonk. So I, I think people who think of Nashville now think 
Oh, the downtown has always been thriving. Which is 100% not the case. So not the case. So, I mean, it was dead pretty much in oh, the yeah. early and it's 90s. It's kind of scary in the 80s, too. Yes, yeah. yes. It was pawn shops, strip clubs, and some tacky souvenir shops. And then these two bars, well, a few bars, but the, the most famous of them were Tootsie's and Robert's Western right. Wear. Yeah. World. World. Western, you know, world? world Who knows? Wear. <laughs> and these people that loved... Older country music, real country music. Right. Not. No, we call it classic cl- country. Classic country. Yeah. Um, Sorry, they, Garth they, Brooks. They you moved, ruined country music right. with your pop sensibilities. They, they moved to Nashville and they loved it so much they were playing it and they just sort of homesteaded yeah. in these two places and created this entire scene. Right. And so that was happening. At, you know, at the same time that Lucy's, Lucy's was happening. Right. And so it was a, a cross-pollination sometimes. Right. And, and they're, like, kind of up the street from one another. like Very close. Yeah. Like, that's very a stone's throw from the Church Avenue location to downtown. Yeah. Like, it's really not that far. It's fascinating to think about. And it's also fascinating to think about how that seed of that scene downtown has continued. Like, there's still really good musicians playing at those two honky tonks. Like honky tonks get a bad rep, but there's a lot of great musicianship happening there. Which yeah. is pretty wild. One hundred percent. Absolutely. And it's it's harder. It was a lot easier then for people to get a spot. I mean it was hard then actually, not a lot of it was hard, much harder now to get oh, yeah. a spot for sure. Down playing there. So yeah. <sighs> Anyway. Interesting. All yes. right. I think we have one track left a piece. Yeah. Is that right? That's it. All right. Um, well, you're leading this off, so you've only got one slot left. This is Spider Virus with Wise Guys. <laughs>
Top of that set, you heard Spider Virus with the track Wise Guys off of the album Electric Erection. And after that, we heard Quiro Quires, which I know I'm saying wrong, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway, from Forget Cassettes off of the album Salt. Uh, you know, Spider Virus is one of those bands that I have seen around forever, and I'm fairly sure I am familiar with the primary songwriter, but I don't know a ton of history there. Can you fill me in? I can, and um, it's. Let me preface it by saying I'm I'm so glad that Spider Virus in its current incarnation is around and playing, and that they're going to play yeah. the show. Um, they had other members that were troubled and um, that are not with us any any mm. longer, and so you know I think that they always rocked hard. They were always a, a crowd favorite. Yeah, great, put on a great show. They you know endeared themselves to the Lucys. Sure angst-ridden right crowd yeah, yeah right and so um so when they ever whenever they played lucy's it was, it was a very special very special show very energetic i think i mentioned this once on the podcast like i was always up front crossing my fingers that we would never have to go to the emergency room oh wow right that because, rambunctious oh there were yes the mosh pit was, was on those nights mosh pits forgot i forgot 
Oh, yeah. I oh, forgot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It'll be interesting to see if one breaks out on <laughs> Sunday, surprise. the 18th. Yeah. Um, so, God, I would hate to have to call the ambulance 30 years later. But over the years, they had experienced some loss of band members. Mm-hmm. So it is nice to see that they're out there and they're still playing. Yeah. And that, that brings up one of the things that uh, I touched on in a couple of episodes of Lucy's, which is that it was a community. And with every community, you have love and successes and tragedy and yeah. untimely deaths. And and it's unfortunate, right? Because um, premature, unnecessary. Sure. I think there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, your thought process is, could I have done more? And, you know, to help yeah. this person. Yeah. And um, and so it's it just, it's a reminder that, that with every community, bad things can occur and happen, um, but then you have something rising from the ashes yeah. of that. Yeah. And, and it's like that with a number of bands that are, that have roots in the Lucy's mm-hmm. days and, and, and a number of communities within the community of Lucy's that have roots yeah. in the, the, uh, in the Lucy's days. Yeah. So great. I'm so happy that they're playing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's uh, again, it's, it's, they rock. Yeah, 30 years later, and I have a suspicion that it will still be pretty fiery. Yeah, so uh, spicy. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, we close that set with the Forget Cassettes track off of Salt. We talked about Salt prior to this episode, you know, prior here in the episode, and you know, thought thought we'd just play it. But why not? We got the songs here. You wanna you wanna know what was that Salt album that they're talking about? Mm-hmm. There it is. Yeah, that's it. And it's one of my favorites from the record. I almost played a different track, but uh, that's one of those records where literally every track hits me just right. So couldn't pick wrong. It was great. Good to go. Yeah. Uh, I think we're out of songs. I think we did I, it. I don't. I don't think that's possible. I think we we had to put a cap. It's because true. we would be here all day. It's true. We ran out of time, not songs. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And again, thank you for all you do for the music community in Nashville now and all the great music you put out and providing this space to record podcasts and your podcast network. You're so appreciated. I appreciate hearing that. Thank you very much. I will take that as graciously as I can uh, without blushing too hard. Uh, this is Mary Mancini. Uh her socials will be linked in the episode show notes hit up lucy's so that you can subscribe to the lucy's record shop podcast you can link to buy tickets to the september 18th 30th anniversary show at dark matter get yourself to the bell court on september 12th and join us for a screening of lucy barks the documentary about lucy's record shop and i think that's it i think that's it yeah subscribe to the show come to the show and watch the movie you got it those are the things yeah those are all the things uh thank you so much for listening uh my name is michael Eads. this is we own this town music hit me up on the internet at we own this town on twitter or instagram uh send me your music say hello say that you have a different opinion about music reviewers uh whatever you like uh get in touch uh thank you so much for listening the music playing underneath me right now is by upright t-rex music find them at utxmusic.com thank you so much i'll talk at you later bye